and welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Laporte, filling in post shoes today for Nick Splitter, who has unfortunately lost power, but the great man has joined us after a week off uh, with the fam. Nick, how are you, mate, uh, despite the circumstances? Yeah, no, I'm good, mate. It's uh, This is a bit surreal, to be honest. I'm sitting in, in a dark lounge room. I've got all the doors closed, so it's a bit quiet. It's, um, I'm working uh, off my phone on my own uh mobile phone data no wi-fi no power no nothing so it's it's interesting old school yeah, tonight absolutely and the man's got the torch out it's all going on and he's still uh, front fronted up to um to help me host this show and, and make sure you guys can can have a listen in obviously uh we had josh Y, the great original founder of this podcast join us last week and he went a perfect three and oh on his best bets can you believe of course he did uh, I had a decent week as well, going two and one, and and landing a long twenty three dollar shot that we'll we might touch on a bit later. But uh, very happy with myself after a few poor weeks. So <laughs> Nick, the pressure is uh, on us both to continue Josh's great form, obviously from last week. Uh, we got the lock of the week up as well, so we're kind of back on track. But um, after a few rocky peri- uh, rocky weeks, so hopefully you're refreshed and raring to go, mate. Yeah, it was about time. About time we had a, a decent week because. Before I went away, we had a couple of rough ones. So hopefully, hopefully we've been touched with the uh, with the Y genius, and fingers crossed we're uh, we're good to go this week. But uh, three and three and zip for the great man. That's uh, I'm not sure the last time he went three and zip um, on this show. So that's uh, maybe we need to get him on more often this year. Now that he's he's not caring about it as much. Yeah, exactly right. He did promise that he will join us later in the year for a bit of a playoff preview. So we've got to hold him to that because um, obviously yeah. the Oracle of Josh Y, yeah, got us back on track and <laughs> and hopefully we can continue that form, as I said. And of course, before we kick off, uh, remember, if you like the show, please give us a rating and a review on Facebook and iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, please tweet us, comment, engage as much as possible. We love hearing your thoughts. But without further ado, we'll jump into the week 13 preview. Uh, we'll roll through a bit quicker for Nick's uh, battery life <laughs> for his sake, but we're going to kick off, of course, with the Thursday night football game, and it's it's a big big game this one in the NFC. Of course, it's Dallas at the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans uh, Dallas are going in as minus four and a half point favorites at this stage, with a total of forty seven and a half. There, there's some massive question marks about this game, aren't there? I mean, I don't have a play on it per se, but some question marks around Dallas. Are, are Dallas in trouble? I know their fans are. Are starting to turn on them, and yeah, they're coming up against New Orleans. We've got some questions on on them too. They they probably get Alvin Kamara back this week, um, and it sounds like they're going to turn to Taysom Hill under center this week as well, which I think is a bit harsh on uh, on Trevor Simeon, given he hasn't had you know a number one or pretty much a number two receiver um, during that period, and he's been without Alvin Kamara, and Mark Ingram has missed a few of those games as well. So it's, I think it's really tough on 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 Trevor Simeon to be expecting him to play at a high level when he's got pretty much zero talent around him, almost at any any skill position on, on the field. But, yeah, some big question marks about both of these teams at the moment. And, and I think we probably expected a little bit more out of Dallas. Um, you know, they haven't quite lost the plot yet, but I know that, that when their fans turn on them, that it, it starts to signal, you know, potentially some unrest in Dallas. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can, if they can right the ship this week. Oh, absolutely. And and like you said, the, the, the wheels haven't completely fallen off Dallas yet. And they're probably lucky they're, they're in that weaker division of the NFC East. But 
Hasn't mm. that opened up now with uh, obviously Philly? They they shit the bed a bit last week, but they had played previously pretty well, and and obviously Washington starting to get a little bit of a roll on her in the playoff spots at the moment. So yeah, a little bit of pressure on Dallas. It's a must win game for them if they are to con- uh, keep that you know control of the NFC East. Equally just as big for the Saints, if not bigger. They've lost four in a row, uh, obviously against good teams. But like you said, probably a little bit harsh on Trevor Simeon, uh, especially with with Alvin Kamara missing. And like you said, uh, no receivers really to, of any note to speak of. I mean, uh, Taysom Hill is going to try and give him something different. But, uh, yeah, Sean Payton might be clutching at straws a little bit there. But like I said, huge game uh, in the Big Easy uh, tomorrow morning, our time for tomorrow afternoon. Uh, obviously, some big back, uh, big ins for Dallas as well. Amari Cooper should be right to go. CD Lamb would look to play as well. So that's going to certainly help Dak Prescott. But in this one, I, I think the line is a touch high for two teams that, I mean, while Dallas scored plenty of points last week, they just, I don't know, they just want the usual sell. So I think that line is is enough to play at the unders here. So I'm happy to play under 47 and a half in a, in a really must-win game for both teams. So a very interesting watch tomorrow afternoon. That takes us through to an NFC North matchup between Minnesota and Detroit. The Lions are still winless after that another heartbreaking loss last week on Thanksgiving. Uh, they go in as seven-point underdogs against Minnesota at home. The total is 46 and a half. And like I said, it's it's just been a cruel season for Detroit. We don't want to see any team go through undefeated, but it's it's hard to see where their, their win is going to come from. I mean, they had everything kind of... Uh, set up for them to win last week, but they did. They were their own West enemies. They conceded 10 penalties, including three in a row, on which happened to be their last possession in the last quarter before Andy Dalton and the Bears ran off the last eight and a half minutes off the clock to, to win that game. And, of course, the old double timeout, which was just a disaster for Dan Campbell and that defence, which really cost them a chance to, to stop the Bears there on that third, third down and get the ball back. But... Look, it's hard to see Detroit winning this game. Minnesota, of course, will be without Dalvin Cook for the next few weeks. But in his place, Alexander Mattinson's had a pretty good season. He In the two games that Cook has missed, he's, the Vikings have won both of those games, including uh, the last time these two met, teams met in week five. And on both occasions, Mattinson's rushed for over 100 yards. And I don't see that changing. Um, the Vikings, they, they were a bit stiff last week, um, they they probably could have beaten San Francisco. They had that Kirk Cousins blunder late in the game. But, yeah, look, I, I think Minnesota get back on track and win this and, and condemn Detroit to another uh, another loss, which would be their 16th straight. It's, it's, it, you're right. It's really hard to um, to talk about you know, a winless team throughout an, an entire season. It doesn't happen very often. And you've got a feel for for the Lions. But you're right. They are, they are absolutely their own worst enemy. I mean, they've been in positions to win games multiple times this year. Um, and just can't get it done, and and often, like you said, it's it's their own undoing. Um, and I, I'm kind of tempted at the seven points or seven and a half. I think you can get some some places to to take the Lions at the plus here. Maybe not to win, but maybe not to lose by by a touchdown or or more. Um, because I, I I still don't think that they go through winless. Uh, you know, they've got that tie under the belt, and they've had a couple of real tough losses. I think they're kind of due for for a win. I think that they will win one, whether or not it's this week. But I'm kind of loath to take the Vikings at a touchdown or more against almost anyone because they're just so inconsistent. And we know that they can put up points. We know that that they can do all the good things when they're on, but they're so consistently inconsistent. Is that the way that I keep <laughs> describing um, the the Vikings? You know, almost every week. But um, yeah, I just I just can't take this one at all. 
Yeah, no, it's a no play for me as well, mate. But like you said, if anything, you'd probably have to lead to Detroit at the plus. Obviously, uh, it was a close game last time these two teams met where it was a a last-minute or last-second field goal that that got the Vikings over the line. But we move from another of the NFC North teams to another, and that is the Chicago Bears. They're hosting the Arizona Cardinals, best record at 9-2. and They go in as seven-and-a-half-point favourites in the Windy City. The total is 45-and-a-half. And Arizona... Obviously, coming off that bye last week, they still hold the, the league's best record, as I said, at 9-2. and two. So currently, the number one seed in the NFL and, of course, the NFC. They haven't lost on the road uh, this season. They're a perfect 6-0. and uh, And, look, I, I don't see that changing this week. Um, whether I want to take uh, a touchdown and a bit against the, the streaky Bears who can do who knows what they're going to do. But, look, Justin Fields is likely to be sitting out again in this one. So, Andy Dalton, uh, he will have his work cut out against uh, look likely to be Kyler Murray after the bye, and he will also have DeAndre Hopkins back as well. So it's really hard to see the Bears, um, you know, snapping this um, this streak of the Cardinals and and ruining their season. But look, I, I couldn't take over a touchdown just um, with the way the Bears are going at the moment. But um, yeah, any thoughts on this one, mate? Yeah, I'm actually on on the the Bears line at the, the plus seven and a half. If it comes if it comes back into seven. A flat seven, it's maybe not as strong a play, but um, you're right. It's, it's hard to bet against the Bears in Chicago against what is, you know, they're getting Kyler Murray back probably. Um, you're just not sure what to expect out of him in his first in his first game back. You feel like they're going to run the ball a fair bit against Chicago. Um, I know you, you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, but I feel like with Kyler back and James Conner, just doing his thing at the moment. Um, they're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, and I just don't think that this is a blowout. Um, we, we know the Bears aren't going to blow out the Cardinals, but I'm just not sure the Cards are going to blow out the Bears either. And so I'm, I'm on the Bears at the plus seven and a half in this one. You're a ballsy man. Now, I've been against Chicago plenty of times this year. And, and like I said, I've, it's kind of blown up, blown up in my face a few times, including last week as well, which was just another heartbreaking loss um, for me. But anyway, we'll move on to the next one. And uh, that is, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they are 11-point favourite at this stage, the Tampa Bay Bucks. The total in that one is 50 and a half. Any thoughts on this one, mate? Well, do you know who the number one ranked quarterback is in the following categories? Effective yards, defence adjusted yards above replacement, yards above replacement, and who's ranked number two in DVOA and VOA, which is value above replacement or value over replacement. Um, over replacement. Do you know who that is? It's it's a favourite of this show, and I say that very sarcastically. He's a 44-year-old Tom Brady with 30 touchdowns to eight interceptions and three fumbles, throwing at 68% completion rate. Tom Brady is pretty close to the number one QB in the competition at the moment, and that's at the moment. You know, obviously all of these things can change, but, you know, all things being equal, um, and a lot of these metrics are around, you know, defence-adjusted, um, and yards above replacement or over average, um, that, you know, he's performing as, as well as anyone at the moment in that position. Um, and almost for that reason, um, I'm on the Bucks here. Even though it's a big line, uh, it's at the 11 points or so, you know, Calvin Ridley out, Kyle Pitts is getting that number one, um, you know, man defender at the moment. It's making it really tough for, for the rookie. Uh, I think the Bucks. you know, we, we're going from a game that I've just said isn't going to be a blowout to one that I think will be a blowout. And uh, I think the Bucs win this by a couple of touchdowns. 
Yeah, hard to argue with you, mate. And look, it was a blowout last time these two teams met as well this season. Uh, back in week two, Tom Brady threw for five touchdowns on that occasion. And he's probably deservingly as the MVP favorite, as uh, Josh and I touched on last week, which is just incredible after he had a couple of poor weeks and he was still MVP favorite, but he obviously turned it on against the Colts, inspiring that um, game-winning drive, of course. Look, uh, he hasn't lost to the Falcons since he joined the Bucs, and I don't see that uh, happening uh, this week, of course. Look, it is in Atlanta. Atlanta got kind of back on the, the right kind of ledger there last week, beating the Jacksonville Jags, but by it wasn't impressive at all. And it was, again, all to do with Cordero Patterson and his, his outstanding season. And did you note during the week that he actually is um, uh, a replacement safety at the moment? He wants to get an interception this year, and he's a chance to potentially play on both sides of the ball, which is just staggering. Uh, shades of um, almost Deion Sanders-like um, from the Falcons way back when. But, look, it's um, yeah, it's hard to get involved in this game. I understand why you're playing that double-digit line, but for me it's a stay out. And, look, if anything, maybe the overs because it, it, surely there's going to be points, but maybe not because I don't know where the Falcons are getting their points from at the moment mm. after – couple of bad weeks on offense from them um or last three weeks really if you if you include the um the win last week as well so look um it's a no play for me but I can understand why you'd be jumping on the Tampa Bay Bucks to to just I, to I guess, their way. I guess that's the question isn't it is do you think the Falcons can can get some points on the board if do you, if you think that they can get better and that they will get better is this the week that they're going to get better against this Bucks defense that's that's the question I think you've got to ask yourself when you're looking at this line because we know the Bucs are going to put up a couple of touchdowns. Um, we know that the Falcons are just a sieve when it comes to, to you know, conceding scores and, and conceding points. But mm. you know, whether, whether or not they can put up any type of offensive resistance against the Bucs defence is really the question here. Yeah, look, the the reason of my trepidation as well is because I remember back in week two, one of our strong plays, and it could have even been the lock of the week actually, was the unders in this game. And I think the line was pretty similar to that 50 points again. And the Bucs put that on them against the Falcons alone. They had 48 in that game. And I'm, yeah. I'm almost certain that we had the, the unders as a lock that week. And it was around again, that 50 points, 51 points. And Tampa Bay almost covered that themselves. So it's a stay up for me from that trepidation, of course. And I'm a little bit scarred from that, that uh, week two result. So <laughs> From that one, from that game, I'm not very keen on. Uh, it's one that I am, and that's Indy, Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. Indy, nine-point favourites in this one, and I don't think that's a big enough line. Um, the golfing class between the two teams is is quite big, and and obviously the Colts coming off a, you know, a very disappointing loss last week, but it was an impressive performance nonetheless. And while the Texans have got better the last two weeks, they obviously – did progress quite badly against the the Jets last week when they were favourites. And I was happy to jump on the Jets last week for that fact that Houston Texans should never be a favourite in any game this season. And they they were last week. And um, despite scoring on back-to-back drives in that second quarter, they had uh, seven empty possessions after that and didn't score a single point and and went down 21-14. And, yeah, look, I I don't see how they score or put up many points against this Indianapolis uh, defence. The Indy Colts uh, have been awesome all season. They they had five turnovers last week against the Bucs and still almost won. Jonathan Taylor narrowly, narrowly missed uh, breaking an NFL record. It would have been his ninth consecutive game with 100 scrimmage yards and a rushing TD, but he fell just an agonizingly three yards short with uh, 97 scrimmage yards. So 
JFT, as uh, Josh Wye was calling him last week, Jonathan fucking Taylor, is still an MVP <laughs> candidate and I expect him to have another big game and and the Colts to roll on here and, and have a big win um, by double digits. So, yeah, happy to play that minus nine here, mate. And I know you've got a few thoughts on the Colts as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that despite that loss last week, Indianapolis are, are pretty impressive. And I thought that their first half, this is one of the one of the few games I caught some some highlights of. I thought the first half that they were really impressive against the Bucks uh, last week. I think Carson Wentz, you know, after those first first couple of weeks, um, you know, where he's kind of finding his footing in, in that offense, um, he's been above average, above league average um, since about then. He's above league average in pretty much all quarterback metrics. Um, Twenty-one touchdowns to five interceptions. I know he's got the three fumbles, but um, you know, throwing at sixty-three percent. Uh, yeah, I just I feel like they're six and six, and and that win, that loss last week could be really important for them. They would have loved to be sitting at seven and five now with Tennessee stumbling, but this stretch coming up for for the Colts is really important for them. Um, they've got obviously the Texans this week. They've got the Pats. Uh, the cards, I think, are next, and then the Raiders, I think, for, for the next month. Um, and you know, if they if they if they win out for the month, um, they're they're still in a in a playoff position. Um, and I think that you know, should they get there, then that, that they could do anything. I think that their their evenness across the board, they're they're really talented on defense, really dynamic, and and the offense is get it is getting better week week on week on week. Um, and with the MVP candidate in Jonathan Taylor, like you've just spoken about. Yeah, they could pretty much do anything. So I'm, I'm with you here, mate. I'm on the Colts minus nine. Yeah, it seems like a low line. But again, hopefully we haven't been trapped into something against the Texans like we were the other week with the Titans. But um, yeah, well, I think you're troubling. That's the Go thing on. in, these kind, of, in yeah. these kind of rivalry games that, that sometimes you can get trapped and sometimes the teams, you know, the underdog do pull out some sort of performance in these kind of rivalry games to, to be wary of. But uh, might touch on one of those a bit later on. Yeah, we move on to a, another game here. Not quite um, as high profile maybe as this, uh, this one, though. It's Philly at the New York Jets. Uh, the Philly Eagles are six-and-a-half-point favourites. The total is 45-and-a-half. And what did you make of Philly last week, your boys, after uh, winning a couple in a row and looking like they were back on track and then stumbling uh, against New York, of course, uh, in the Giants? Oh, mate, it's, it's, really, it's really disappointing because – like you said, they've been putting together some decent performances. They're, they're currently, before before I lost power this afternoon, I was having a look at some of the rankings, and um, from from memory, they were fifteenth in uh, in DVOA, but twelfth in weighted DVOA. So obviously weighted some more recent performances, and and just the way that they lost that game last week against the Giants, um, that could be so costly, especially with Dallas kind of. You know, their, their loss last week um, and, and not looking as strong as they were perhaps a month ago. But the next four for Philly, you've got the Jets, you've got Washington, the Giants again, and then Washington for a second time. You win all in your nine and seven, and then you've got a finale against Dallas in Philly to finish the regular season. I mean, that's kind of a blockbuster blockbuster finale for the NFC least. Um, and it's so disappointing, you know, that that could have been 10 and six if they won last week in what was certainly a very winnable game for the Eagles. Um, and so that was really disappointing from, from an Eagles fan, but I mean, completely predictable as we've spoken about all year that you put some, put some decent performances together and against decent teams and, and you come out and lose against the Giants. And it's just, yeah, ridiculously disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Joshy White was all over the Giants last week with that. With I bet that he was. Stuff. 
for the G-men at home. But, yeah, look, I mean, it was a pretty sharp drop-off for Jalen Hurts, who was obviously still very effective in the run game, rushing for 77 yards on only eight carries. But those three interceptions was uh, a, a career high. Um, and it was, a, it was a big fall from grace considering he actually had led the league um, in QBR ratings over the, the past five weeks. So, look, it, it was just one of those games for Jalen Hurts. They got nothing going on offense in the passing game, that is, obviously, Philly. They still ran for over 200 yards on the ground, but just couldn't get anything going through the air with only 126 passing yards. But, look, it was a it was a big, big loss uh, because it really would have enhanced their playoff chances, obviously, it goes without saying, but... It, it kind of swung the NFC around and, and it's it's so tight for those last wildcard spots. And mm. like you said, with Dallas kind of stumbling a little bit, it would have really put some pressure on pressure on them if, if Philly got the job done as they were expected to last week. Look, I think they will bounce back this week, but it's a complete stay out again for the same reasons that we've mentioned all season. Uh, look, the Jets, again, were pretty poor, but they only beat a very poor team in the Texans. Of course, Zach Wilson has... Um, after, a, yeah, I suppose a little bit of a promising start, he's, he's kind of regressed and, look, he has been out injured, of course, but he only completed 14 of 24 passes last week, including one of those, uh, an interception off the back. It was shades of uh, Mark Sanchez's butt fumble going on, <laughs> which would have haunted Jets fans, of course. But, look, um, yeah, it's it's a huge stay-out game. But if Philly had, had any chance of making the playoffs this season, these are the games they need to win and and win well and and not kind of take it all the way down to the wire. So from that game, we moved to a really good game here and two teams fighting it out in the AFC for a wild card spot. And look, the Cincinnati Bengals have been one of the surprise packets of this season. They continued to impress with another huge win last week against the Steelers. First time they've swept them since 2009. And look, they go on as three-point favourites against the disappointing LA Chargers, especially the last couple of weeks. And the total on this one is 50 and a half. Have you got anything on this one, mate? Well, I guess the, the question is, are the Bengals back to that kind of pre-Jets loss, you know, that Ravens win week where we were all jumping on the bandwagon and talking about how legit they were? Or are, or are Pittsburgh just that bad at the moment? Um, and and I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the Bengals being back. We, we've spoken about them not knowing how to win consistently. And I think that that's, you know, they're a pretty young pretty young franchise on, on both sides of the ball um, and in, you know, in the, in the front office and the, the coaching department as well. So, you know, I think that they're, they're just lacking a bit of that experience and not kind of knowing how to bring it back, you know, get, come back down to earth after, after a big win like that one against the Ravens um, a month or so ago. I think that they're back, baby. I'm on the Bengals here. And I think, um, you know, Joe Mixon's huge. He's, he's having a career year. Um, on the ground in, in Cincinnati. He's coming up against the league's worst DVOA rush defense in the Chargers. And I think that he has another big game and, and leads them to a, a probably a touchdown plus kind of win. Yeah, look, it's hard to argue what uh, and, and and have any confidence that the Chargers can turn things around and beat the Bengals, especially after the last two weeks. The Bengals, like you said, look to be back to that uh, early season form, I suppose. And yeah, and it, it, it shaped as a big day for Joe Mixon for the reasons that you pointed out. The Chargers have just been so bad at stopping the run and the, and the Broncos had their way with them again last week in the run game. And that was a really bad loss for the Chargers. I know they were on the road, but yeah, look, it was a, it was a bad loss, uh, obviously to a division rival and then to lose ground on, um, on the Chiefs and obviously, yeah, just really blow their chance at, at taking the lead of that AFC West. And, and they've just been poor the last few weeks and, 
Yeah, it was. it's an interesting one because Justin Herbert was so good the week before against the Steelers and then just had that really bad day last week. So hard to know what to make of it. Austin Eckler, um, yeah, had a, had a bit of a dirty day as well. So, look, it's hard to see the Chargers kind of turning things around against this Bengals defense as well who, who have been awesome. And, and they, um, they're on track to kind of end that six-year playoff drought and kind of get back into from, from the wilderness, I suppose, of the NFL and, and back into the mainstay. And, look, Joe Burrow didn't have to do too much last week. He leaned on the defense uh, who just completely smothered Ben Roethlisberger and that uh, Steelers offense. But, yeah, it's it's hard to know what to kind of make of the charges at this stage, but I've certainly got some more faith in the Bengals. In saying that, though, um, it's a no play for me, although I'm I'm quite tempted on, on the Bengals at only that minus three. Did you have a play, sorry, mate, or did I miss that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on the Bengals minus three. On the Bengals, yeah. it comes out. You know, I, I do think that they win by a touchdown or more, but I, I'd play it safe. If it, if it comes out further to a three and a half or four, then it's probably probably might be a stay away. But if you can still get three, um, then then I'm playing that. Yeah, fair enough too, mate. Uh, we go from that one to the New York Giants. They are at the Miami Dolphins. Miami go into this one as minus four and a half point favourites with a total of low 40 and a half. And it's easy to see why that total is so low. Miami's defence has been incredible the last, the last month where they've won all four of those games. Yes, they haven't played the strongest of opponents, but they did um, make the Ravens look pretty silly on uh, Thursday night football. And they've just mm. gone about their business with some some really dominant wins over the last few weeks against the Panthers, the Jets, and of course the Texans. But it's been all because of their defense, and it's the it's the defense and the team we expected to see entering the twenty twenty one season. I I spoke about at our mid season kind of review show um, that the Dolphins were one of the biggest disappointments for me, especially in the AFC of the season. But yeah, they've just turned things around massively. And and look, Tua Tua was good last week, but he he was off his back of his defense. He actually completed twenty seven of his 31 passes for 230 yards. So one of his better performances in the NFL, but it was really all about that defense and how they smothered Cam Newton, who had his worst statistical game in the NFL ever. And look, they were bloody good, the Miami Dolphins. And I I don't see that changing against uh, the New York Jets, who will be out without Daniel Jones this week. Uh, Mike Lennon is predicted to start after Daniel Jones um, had a bit of an injury last week. So, look, I, I think the Dolphins win and, and they kind of keep the Giants' offense who have been poor themselves um, and, and have been okay on defense to to a very low score here. So I'm happy to play Miami minus four and a half. And they're a really big threat to kind of get back into the postseason now after their, their season looked shot at one and seven. And they, they were only the sixth team ever to win four straight games since starting one and seven. So... They're doing the right things, and I was kind of calling for Brian Flores' head at the mid-season review, but they've certainly turned things around, and I think they get another win here. And after their bye, they play the Jets. So it's opening up for Miami to really do some things here, and I've got a bit of a long shot in this one as well, and that's Miami to win and and the total score to be under 33.5. And And that's one of my long shots this week because I I kind of see a 2010 kind of scoreline in this one. So I think Miami get the job done and, and, and continue their winning streak. Yeah, I like it. I'm I'm with you, mate. I can't fault any of that. I think you're right. The the Dolphins' defense has, has just been lights out for the last three weeks or so, um, and it's kind of what we expected from day one. You know, we we spoke in our season preview about where we expected the improvement to come from Miami, and and we kind of had trust in their defense, and we thought that there might be some improvement on offense, uh, and it just hasn't been that way at all. Pretty much, like you said, up to that that mid season point, 
But since then, they've, they've kind of pulled the finger out and they've been really impressive defensively. And that, that defensive performance against Lamar and the Ravens a couple of weeks ago was, was astonishing, really. And, and even Lamar Jackson talks about it, kind of them making him look like a rookie. Um, and they did. And, and, you know, imagine what they can do against an, an, an offense like this one in, uh, in the Giants. And so I'm with you at the, the minus four and a half. I, uh, I didn't quite get to the uh, the player props and, and long shots this week, so might have to keep an eye out over over the weekend and and throw some on Twitter um, for the record. But um, I don't have any tonight for uh, for recording. But yeah, mate, I'm I'm with you minus four and a half from the Dolphins. Mate, that's understandable in the circumstances, and it's no problem there. But yeah, like I said, um, yeah, I'm keen on the Dolphins and and a bit of a long shot for them to to win which is the minus oh and a half, well, minus half a point. So just to win and, of course, keep it under 33 and a half points. So that's a long shot at 450 for this week. We move on to another interconference battle, and that is the Washington football team who are on their own win streak. They travel to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Raiders go in as minus two and a half point favorites in this one with a total at 49 and a half. And look, the Raiders were great, obviously, on Thanksgiving. They surprised plenty, including myself, to, to get that win against the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And they really dominated. And it was only, obviously, a late uh, equaliser there for the, the Cowboys to force overtime. But, yeah, look, he's the leading passer in the NFL, Derek Carr. He, he had another big day, 373 yards, no picks. The offense poured on over 500 yards against that Cowboys defense, who's been... Pretty damn good this season. And look, that that fight offense is really now firing and, and the, the the attention now needs to turn to the defensive unit, which has allowed 35 and a half points in the last three games. But they're only coming up against Washington, uh, who have been struggling a little bit on offense. Obviously, they got out of jail against the Seahawks after controlling that game. They lost their kicker, Joey Sly, um, just before halftime. So they had to keep going for it on fourth down. They would have iced that game with a kicker a lot earlier, but um, they left the door ajar for Russell Wilson, but they just held on. Um, and thank thank goodness for um, the penalty on the Seahawks there for that onside kick. I'm um, not sure if you saw it, Nick. It was a bit of farcical scenes to the end of Monday night football game. But, I did, I yeah, did see that, yeah. It was quite quite unusual, and they almost recovered on the second attempt, which was, which was you know, unfathomable. Um, and look... Um, Washington have been, like like Miami, have turned things around, and that was one of our disappointments of the season that we mentioned as well from the NFC side was was Washington and that defense that was touted to be one of the best this season. And since Chase Young actually went down with that ACL injury, they've actually improved, which is um, phenomenal to think. But they just kind of have seemed to have got their systems right again here, Washington, just like Miami, and they've actually held um, their opponents to under 300 total yards in the last four games. Um, and 21 points or less. And, and that was a defense that was ranked 31st or 32nd in the league uh, at the start of the season. So they've, they've turned things around massively. But in saying all that, I, I think the Raiders look great on offense and, and that Washington defense, while they've improved, they're still obviously that same defense that allowed all those points earlier in the season. And their offense, while it's been okay, hasn't really been firing all cylinders. And and Taylor Heineke, uh, I certainly haven't got as much trust in him as I do Derek Carr, who's having a phenomenal season and probably his career best. And uh, in games, Derek Carr's thrown over 300 yards. The, the Raiders are a perfect 6-0, and I expect that to continue. I think Derek Carr can uh, chime in for over 300 yards, and that takes me to the player prop this week. His line's around that 275 mark. So I'm happy to play Derek Carr as my player prop this week, so over that mark. So if he gets the 300 yards... I think the Raiders win, and I'm, I'm happy to play the Raiders at less than a field goal here at minus two and a half. 
So that'll be my play, mate. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you again. I, I think the um, – I'm going to see – I'm going to turn my camera on and see if you can see see my uh, handwritten notes here. Can you can you see that? I can slightly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Raiders, Very neat. Raiders, Raiders Very neat. circles. The Raiders are circles minus two and a half. Um, so, mate, I'm, I'm with you. I think you're right talking about the, the improvement in the Washington defence since um, – since Chase Young's injury, yeah. uh, which is which is a strange one, um, because it does seem like I mean he's one of the top pass rushers in the NFL, um, but it feels like they're they're a much more even balanced defensive unit since he went down, um, and so that's that's a really intriguing one to watch over the next I guess twelve months as as Chase Young returns. But um, that they have gotten better. I still don't think they're yeah they're certainly not the dynamic unit that they are with Chase Young when they're all at their best, they're not the same same unit. And Derek Carr and, and uh, the Raiders' offense is humming at the moment. And I'm not sure that, uh, that the football team can cope with that. I think you're right around Carr potentially having having another big game at 300-plus. Um, I'm not sure what the odds on 300-plus on passing yards are would be on, on Carr this week. But, um, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm with you, minus two and a half Raiders. Under, under the field goal, it's kind of a no-brainer to take them. Once it hits that three or three and a half, if, if it gets there, then probably a sit out for me. But at, at, under the field goal. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. I'm glad you agree because, yeah, we haven't conversed at all in these plays. Obviously, you're doing it in the dark and you're writing writing them and on uh, <laughs> scribbling down on a piece of paper. So <laughs> we have absolutely no idea what our, either of us are going to say uh, and, and our plays would be. So I'm glad we've agreed on a few in a row, although that hasn't boded well to for us the last few weeks, mate. But yeah. Um, <laughs> We'll get a head-to-head in here, I'm sure, uh, at some stage, mate. But, uh, yeah, the next one, we go to another uh, uh, huge divisional matchup in this one. It's Baltimore Ravens, the number one seed in the AFC at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Baltimore go into this one as flat minus four favourites. The total is 44, and you can see why the Ravens are favourite. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been absolutely awful the last couple of weeks, and They'll be desperate to turn their keep their season alive with a uh, you know a big divisional win. This one, that forty-one to ten loss last week by the Bengals was embarrassing, and their largest margin of defeat since two thousand and sixteen. Joe Mixon obviously just dominated that that Steelers defense, who actually welcomed back all their big guns in in TJ TJ Watt, uh, Joe Hayden, and Minka Fitzpatrick. But it didn't help the Steelers. On the other hand, the, the Ravens survived a, a disgusting, disgusting game against the Cleveland Browns where Lamar was picked off four times uh, and that Browns defense, the poor the, the poor guys, they couldn't get a, get anything going on the offense. As soon as they got off the field, they had to go back on because Baker Mayfield is that inept, obviously. And, um, yeah, it was disappointing. The Browns couldn't get the job done last week, but the Ravens just, again, found a way to win. They've done that the last couple of weeks and, like I said, they've jumped into the number one seed on uh, as of the AFC. But yeah, I don't, I don't trust them at the moment. The way they're playing, it's it's really dangerous line. They're kind of threading, uh, treading. And look, I think uh, the Steelers can get a, get the job done here. Uh, I'm actually tipping them to win in this one as well. So my, one of my long shots this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers to win between one and thirteen points and. And upset the Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely no idea why I'm tipping the Steelers after their last couple of weeks, but. I think they're, they'll cover the line at four as well. At home, it's a, it's a must-win game for Mike Tomlin and the boys. And, look, I, I think Baltimore is going that badly at the moment that um, they're, they're bound to slip up. And 
to be honest, they're in that uh, that number one seed, as I mentioned, and it's been bad luck for anyone that's got there because as soon as someone gets to the number one seed, they drop out the next week. So um, just basing it a little bit off that, but look, I, I think the Steelers at home uh, in a divisional game, I'll, I'll take the points there at plus four, mate. How about you? Mate, you're stealing my thunder because I, I was going to go the surprise upset Steelers win in this one too, so I'm, I'm concerned now. But uh, in, in previous years in this, in this fixture, um, you know, I guess over the last three years of at least of, of kind of me doing this show, um, the Steelers have generally been the, the favourites by four or five points in this yeah. game. And I've generally gone with the underdog, with the Ravens, uh, because I always feel like whichever team is the underdog rises to the occasion in this, in this matchup. Um, and I just feel like, yes, the, the, the Ravens are the better franchise right now, um, but the Steelers, like you said, they're they're a proud franchise. They're going to want to bounce back from last week. Um, you know, they, like you said, they've got they've got guys back, they've got talent back. Now got a, a game under the under the cleats, um, so to say. And I, I just feel like this line should probably be closer to two than four. Um, and that while it's more than a field goal, I'm going to take take Pittsburgh with the points, like you said, at, at home, um, and and have a small play at the at the money line at the same time. Yeah, like it, mate. I'm glad we're on the same page there. I thought I was going a bit too crazy when I when I kind of thought of that. So well, yeah, when when I was when I was putting my notes, <laughs> when I was putting my notes on paper tonight, I, I thought that this one might be a bit of a head to head, but uh, we're on the same page, so it's uh, I'm not sure if it's good or concerning. Yeah, well, Baltimore have been the the death of us all year, both of us. Uh, yeah, anytime we play them, um, whether it's a, as a plus or a minus, we've been absolutely burnt. So. I'm sure that'll be no different this week, but look, we're, I'm glad we're both on the same page and we think the Steelers can uh, can keep that AFC North uh, battle as tight as it already is. Look, we go from that game to the Jacksonville Jaguars up against the LA Rams. Can you believe the Rams have lost three in a row? <laughs> However, they are minus 13-point favourites in this one with a total of 48, mate. What has happened to your Rams? That was, that was my question is what's happened to the Rams? Three losses in a row. My Super Bowl favourites, as you just mentioned. Um, and to be completely honest, I haven't seen enough of them over the last two weeks um, to kind of put, put my finger on, on where it's all gone wrong. So this one, for me, I just, I, I've got no, no play. I mean, three weeks ago, I would have been taking the, the you know, minus 13 every day, every day of the week. It would have been in my top three every day of the week. But um, mm. yeah, you just, just can't do it at the moment, can you? No, no way. Uh, there's no faith in the Rams at the moment in terms of uh, covering a 13-point favourite. I'm sure they'll win this week. It would be an absolute devastation if they did lose and, and would really put their Super Bowl uh, credentials and let alone their, you know, their playoff credentials within doubt. You know, they uh, Since signing those two huge names um, at the deadline, well, sorry, obviously Odell Beckham was a, um, a free agent, but Von Miller... Hasn't won a game since uh, crossing to the Rams. The Denver Broncos won two without him. So, look, it, it's an interesting one. The Jags uh, obviously lost um, lost last week again at home with a, a, a game they probably could have or should have won. Um, Trevor Lawrence was was struggling again. Uh, Dan Arnold has been placed on IR. He suffered another serious injury. So they've lost a couple of key receivers now for the whole season. That's uh, Obviously, they lost DJ Chark earlier in the years. And... Um, Jamal Agnew also has gone down. So, look, it's 
it's it's danger signs for the Jags. Urban Myers told everyone that he's going to hang around in the NFL. I'm sure he will get um, get the boot before he decides to leave anyway. But look, it's a must win game for the Rams. Matthew Stafford has has kind of gone full Detroit Lions on on us the last few weeks as well. So look, it's a big game for him. He needs to bounce back. He's um he's thrown um, a lot of pick sixes recently, and he, he, he struggled against against the Packers last week. Um, so yeah, look. Daryl Henderson's kind of gone backwards. He hasn't, there's been no run game to speak of for the Rams. And I think they can get back on track, of course, against a pretty, pretty awful opposition this week. But yeah, no way I'm taking the minus 13 in this one, mate. Absolutely what, not. What what week was it that um, that Bobby Trees went down? Because it feels like that's kind of been the, the sliding doors moment in, in the Rams offense that um, you know, Robert Woods goes down and, and all of a sudden yeah, I think it was loses the plot. It was just it's not, it's not like they, it's not yeah. like Robert Woods was putting up amazing numbers or you know, no, but he is he very important to that offensive makeup and look, I think he's probably missed all, all those three games that that they've lost. Um, it was right around that time when he did his ACL. I think he did it during mm. during the week in practice. So um, they signed Odell just not long after that. So yeah, to be honest, Bobby Bobby Trees, as you like to call him, he he's been missing from those those three wins. And um, yeah, maybe people um, you know haven't seen how important he's to that lineup uh, as maybe others. So look, yeah, it's it's an intriguing one. The Rams they they were they were flying along. They looked like every bit the Super Bowl favourites, and then just fallen off the hill the last three weeks. And 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 to all um, losses have come as favourites as well. So. Um, it's a big bounce back week for them this week. They have to win. They have to win. And they have to win well, really, to, to really just probably, show their credentials. Well, they'll probably win forty zip this week, but you just can't. You can't bet on that. No, there's no, yeah, no way you can touch that line. Um, their current form. Another team that you can't touch at the moment is the Seattle Seahawks, and they are at <laughs> home this week against the San Francisco 49ers who have turned things around. And we had a, a question a couple of weeks ago if they could um, make a playoff run and let alone a playoff run, a Super Bowl run. And every indication to say that they definitely can. And they go in as only three and a half point favorites against this disgusting Seattle Seahawks offense, mate. What do you think? Yeah. I, I don't know what to make of either of these franchises, to be honest. So I've been surprised by the the improvement in the Niners. I've been not as surprised by the lack of whatever it is in the Seattle offense. Um, I, I've got nothing for this game, to be completely brutally honest. I'm not sure I'll, I'll even want to watch it, to be fair. Yeah, look, I, I, it's a game I'm not going to play in, but that three and a half points uh, is a very tempting um, line for me, for the Niners. Uh, the, there's, the teams are trending in opposite directions, clearly. Um, the Seahawks somehow, somehow almost had a chance to win that game last week. They were never in it, really, um, from the bits I saw. I didn't get to watch the whole game. And, I'm glad I didn't because it seemed like an absolute fizzer. Russell Wilson's had a, had his worst four-game stretch in his career. Absolutely. They've lost four in a row since he started. Um, in his three games since he's returned from injuries, averaging only just 200 yards per game, only two touchdowns and two interceptions in that time. Um, yeah, look, it, it's, it's, it's hard to pick the Seahawks at home, even though they have been so good for so long at home. Uh, Debo Samuel's a huge loss for the Niners. He does. He's a bit of a, you know, obviously a Swiss Army knife for the Niners. So he's he's going to be a big loss for um, the Niners. But I think Jimmy G can have a big day. And I, he was, um, I was tossing up between him and Derek Carr for my player prop this week. I think Jimmy's line 
Again, it's not open on the Aussie books, but you could find it on Vegas. He's around that 230, 235 uh, mark for passing yards, and, and he should carve up that um, Seahawks defense. And look, I know Debo Samuel's missing, as we mentioned, but George Kittle's still there. Brendan Ayuk still there, and and they can do things um, in the screen game as well with their running back. So look, I think Jimmy will have a big day, and, and he'll pass for plenty of yards in this one. And San Francisco should continue on their merry way. But yeah, I, I'm not going to play in this game for the reasons that you outlined. It's a bit of a bit of a tough one, but um, yeah, they and Seattle have won 14 of their last 16 games against uh, the Niners, so it's a pretty dominant record uh, in that division. We moved it's from amazing. that one. Yeah, go on. It's just amazing that, you know, you go back two years and this game would have been must-watch, like almost yeah. game of the week, blockbuster type, you know, NFC championship type game type type of matchup. But um, oh, it's just just oh, it's just nothing. It's vomit-inducing. We move on from that divisional matchup to another in the AFC this time, and it's the AFC West showdown on Sunday night football, the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs currently flat 10-point favourites. Uh, the total is 47.5, mate. Uh, look, they were three and four a month ago, the Chiefs, and and really looked flat on offence, didn't they? And and the defence was, you know, conceding points after points. Uh, and they've now confronted on a four-game winning streak and in control of the AFC West once again. And, and it's incredible to think. And, Look, they were in a similar position uh, in their Super Bowl winning season in 2019, had a very slow start and then ran the table and we know what happened after that. But look, uh, that offense has, um, hasn't been the star of the show. It's been good and Patty Mahomes has been doing some great things, but that defense conceded just 12.3 points per game in those four those last four wins, which is uh, incredible to think from what they uh, were doing earlier in the season. And that's, um, yeah, against some pretty decent um, oppositions as well. So look, it's a critical game for this, the reasons that I've outlined. The AFC West is so, so tight this season. Uh, all teams are above 500 um, at this stage of the season. So incredibly tight, but I think the Chiefs can get some separation with a win here. Uh, even at that minus 10 points, I think they they can get the job done against Den- the Denver Broncos, who were impressive last week. They were very good against the Chargers. However, yeah, I, I just don't trust Teddy Bridgewater to be putting up enough points to uh, keep Denver close in this one. And, I think Paddy, uh, who Joshy Y as well, I'll mention my good man Josh Y again. Last week, he he was just talking about how Paddy Mahomes had blown out to $51 on some books for the MVP and he's back into, I think, single figures or maybe around 10 bucks now. But he he had a piece of that 51 bucks. And like we said in our preseason preview, there was absolutely no reason why Paddy couldn't still make a run at this if the if the Chiefs could run a table, so run the table and Look, I don't see um, see them kind of having a blip here, and I think they'll win and win well in this one, mate. How about you? Yeah, it's spot on, spot on on everything except the play, uh, because you, you you don't bet against Patrick Mahomes, you don't bet against Patrick Mahomes and his Kansas City Chiefs, but you also don't take Chiefs lines. Just just don't do it to yourself. Take me on, mate. No, no, it's it's a stay out for me, mate. It's uh. It's it's tempting to take the Broncos here. I must I must be honest. It was my first thought, but yeah. you're right about you know Teddy and the Broncos' offense, uh, and so it's a it's a steer clear for me, mate. Yeah, fair enough too. Look, it is a big line um, against the Broncos. who have been in, been decent in the last couple of weeks, but I think it's um, the Pat Mahomes show on Sunday night football. We certainly hope so. It'll be good to watch if it is. And now we move to the game of the week. Surely in this one, uh, it's the 
the all-conquering New England Patriots. They travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills in a huge blockbuster AFC East game. Massive game, this one, on Monday Night Football. The Buffalo Bills, though, are minus two-and-a-half-point favourites in this one, and the total is 43-and-a-half. Can you see the New England win streak continuing, mate? I can. I can, although I'm not betting on it. But just very quietly, the Patriots are the number one DVOA team in the NFL right now. They're, they're actually uh, number two in the, the full rankings, but weighted, so weighted to, to more recent performances. They're the number one ranked team. They're ranked fifth in offense. They're number one in defense. Uh, they're just playing lights out at the moment. And, and you know, I, I think we spoke about them. We, we thought that they would improve on last year's disappointing year, but I'm not sure either of us saw this this coming from the Pats. Um, they've been super impressive and, and led by you know, cool, calm, collected Mac at, uh, at quarterback. It's just really impressive to watch. And um, I mean, how would you feel about a Tom Brady, Bill Belichick uh, Super Bowl matchup? That would be, that would be something, wouldn't it? But no, I'm, I'm on the over, I'm on the overs here. I think both teams, both teams are, are impressive on defense, but both teams I think need to make a statement in this one on, into their, bona fides and, and what they want to do in the playoffs this season. And they, they just need to put points on the board. And I think that that line is, is a couple of points, maybe a field goal too short for me, that, that total points line. So I'm, I'm on the over 43 and a half here. What, what yeah. Think? Interesting one, because obviously they're the two best scoring defenses in football, which obviously points to a low scoring game, but we know that doesn't always mean that, that, mm. that, that, that how the game script kind of goes. My, my only other concern to that, your play there, is the, the weather in New York at this time of year. I'm not too sure if we're going to, if it's going to be some, you know, snowy conditions, if it's going to be a nice day. I haven't looked that far ahead at the New York weather, but yeah, it could be one of those, you know, at this time of year, uh, it could be one of those blustery or snowy nights mm. even in the uh, Western New York. But look, uh, it's a stay out for me. It's an absolute must watch for the reasons you pointed out there. The two, well, the Patriots are the best DVOA team in football. The Bills wouldn't be too far behind that. Uh, look, the Patriots has just been incredible in that win streak. Um, they've gone up to six wins in a row. They've held their opponents to under 14 points in their last four. They've outscored their opponents by 148 points during this win streak. It, it's just been an impressive, impressive display by Bill Belichick's men. And he's showing the football world that he's still the number one coach in the game, no doubt about that. And look, uh, Buffalo got back on track. And again, they had to win against a pretty uh, depleted Saints team. Again, they scored over 30 points and held uh, a team to um, uh, single digits, which was the fourth time they've done that all season. So, look, they on their day, they're a great football team, Buffalo, but we just have seen that inconsistency, inconsist, inconsistency, I'll get that out, over the last month or so. And it's hard to, to take the Bills as, as favourites here. And if anything, I'd be leaning to the Pats with the points, the way they're playing. But, yeah, like I said, um, no play for me. Um, happy to sit and watch this one and and hope the Bills can get the job done because um, that um, will be good for the futures in terms of the divisional um, multis that we've got, that I've got running anyway. So, look, it, it'd be a good one for the Bills to win. But, um, yeah, certainly couldn't tip them at uh, minus two-and-a-half-point favourites. So, Mate, again, without conversing, without knowing any of our plays, I think there's a couple that we agree on. What do you want to do for lock of the week? It's a tough one. Should we go through our best our best first and see if there's anything? Yes, let's do that first. That's a good idea. Let's run through yours, mate. 
Uh, I'm going with the Bucks minus 11, the Raiders minus two and a half, and the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus four. What have you got? Yeah, mate, look, I, there's one that I do agree on uh, in my best this week, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders at minus two and a half. I've chucked them in my three, as well as the Miami Dolphins at minus four and a half and the Colts at minus nine. So from that consensus, do we have to play the Raiders? Yeah, I, I think the Raiders are good. I've, I've also got the Colts. The Colts were pretty close to, to making my top three as well. They were probably just, just outside the Steelers at the plus four. So... Yeah, I'm happy with either the Raiders or, or the Colts, mate. Look, uh, we've had those big lines burn us in the past. So let's play the Raiders. We have got them. Uh, it's the only one we've got both in our best. So we'll do that. I know you mentioned that you missed your long shots this week and play a prop, but Nick will tweak them out later in the week. If he gets a chance to, uh, a couple from me, and you. this is must-listen, by the way, guys. I got a $23 shot uh, last <laughs> week. If we, if we need to reflect, it was uh, the Vikings and the the Niners to score two touchdowns in each half, and yet yeah, thanks for coming. I hope you followed in. Um, look, uh, my tickets, tickets <laughs> mate, please. The only time I can bring, I can be uh, good. My, my long shots have been disgusting this year, so I look. Oh, oh, you, I it. you take a $23 long shot any day of the week, but anyway, this week I've got the Dolphins, like I said earlier, to win and to cover. Oh, sorry, not to cover. They'll be under 33 and a half total points uh, at 450. So hoping for a, a nice defensive game in that one. And Pittsburgh, uh, the other one, one to 13, 342. Mate. You can follow me. Also, as I mentioned, player prop this week, Derek Carr over 275 and a half yard passing. And if he gets that, the Raiders will win. So hopefully that all bodes well for a big fill up for the boys this week. No, mate, that sounds good. I'm glad we made it made it to the end of, uh, of the episode. I wasn't sure if uh, we'd make it here sitting. <laughs> Sitting here in the lounge room in the dark, I feel like I'm about to get murdered by, I don't know, a, sc- a scream movie or something. So yeah, we'll, uh, mate, we'll I see. Feel I hope, hopefully, the power comes back on before you get to bed. But anyway, thanks for listening. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Punt Return Pod, Facebook where Punt Return Podcast, and Instagram at NFL Podcast. And until then, we'll see you next week.